No gain for the Dodgers and no gain on the magic number in the NL West. But we have a lot to talk about. We put out a call for mailbag questions, and you guys provided them. We're going to talk about the postseason rotation, a look at Shohei Otani and what the Dodgers have in mind for him, and what 2024 could look like in Los Angeles. That's what's on tap, so let's get Locked on Dodgers. You are Locked on Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans. Welcome to Lockdown Dodgers. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked on, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. This is a daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. You can find us, the Refine Podcast, and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked on Dodgers. And we have an exclusive group of listeners called Everydayers, people that listen every day. You can be part of that group just by listening every single day. And if you want help in listening every single day, you can subscribe and get notified when our episodes are ready for you, which is every Monday through Friday, uh, usually by the morning time. So if this is your first time listening watching, I'm Vince Amperio, joined by my co-host Jeff Snyder, and we are both lifelong Dodger fans that have watched a lot of Dodger games. We watch a lot of Dodger games right now. We've covered the team. We've been in the press box in the locker room, been at Camelback Ranch, talked to players. We've done a lot of different things, and uh, we're not quite insiders, but we're here to bring you what we think is uh, knowledgeable takes about the Dodgers and things that you can take to your friends and family and sound like knowledgeable Dodger fans if you're not already a knowledgeable Dodger fan. So that's what we're here to do today. And with some help from you guys, because you guys submitted questions for us to answer. The Dodgers did not play on Thursday. The Diamondbacks lost, but that just puts them behind the Giants. So magic number for the Dodgers remains the same. Uh, they still have a chance to clinch this weekend if a few things go their way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say it's likely necessarily that they, they clinch this weekend, but it's definitely possible because uh, the I guess the Giants have four games uh, with the Rockies, including a doubleheader. Doubleheaders are always hard. So um, basically if the Dodgers win two and the D-backs and Giants each lose two this weekend, then, uh, then the Dodgers clinch the division. It, it's just formality at this point. I mean, the Dodgers could do what they did against the Padres the rest of the season and they, and the D-backs and Giants could both go undefeated other than when they play each other and the Dodgers would, would win the division. So uh, not worried about it, but uh, it'll be, it'll be nice when it's finally over with, because then we can watch the fun of Dave Roberts trying to talk Freddie Freeman into taking a day off. Yeah. It's more a matter of when, not if at this point, you know, we we've talked about NOS titles and celebrations before, and, you know, they've been a little bit more subdued, in recent years but this year i'll be interested to see what they do when they do clinch the division just because there's so many young guys and there's some different you know you know david peralta and i don't think won the know or at least not recently hadn't won the nl west uh in arizona you know jason hayward hasn't been part of a division title for a little while they got a bunch of the young guys like i mentioned so it'll be interesting to see what they do i'm sure it'll still be a little bit subdued but you know they'll, they'll get their fun in if, if you know to let everyone celebrate yeah the dodgers have had 16 rookies play for them this year uh, obviously not all of them are on the roster right now but there are plenty of young guys and uh and i think this team is pretty uh 
pretty live in the moment, appreciate things as they come. And so, uh, you know, for as much as they celebrate doubles, you know, I, I think there's a lot of fans who wouldn't want them to even do a Freddy dance when they clinch the division, but, uh, there's going to be some dancing. There's going to be some drinking and, uh, they should absolutely celebrate every milestone and, uh, you know, hopefully get to celebrate one, two, three, four times this year. Yeah. Ideally. All right, let's get into our questions. We put out a call. You guys put in some questions and we actually were able to kind of put them in somewhat of a, of an order and sense of similar types of questions. So we'll go with the big question that we've talked about a lot and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about more right now. Uh, we got one question from Stacy. We got a question from our buddy, Kevin, both talking about playoff rotation you know, Stacy asks, who do we think our stars are going to be for the NLDS and what order? And then Kevin said, what would your ideal four-man playoff rotation be? Yeah, and uh, I think if there's a four-man rotation, it's as of right now, it would be in some order, Clayton Kershaw, Bobby Miller, Ryan Pepio, and Lance Lynn. And if I was guessing the order, I'd probably flip the order I said those first two guys and go from there. I'd say Bobby Miller, Clayton Kershaw, Ryan Pepio, Lance Lynn. That would be my best guess. Um, some of it will have to do with matchups. Some of it will, you know, uh, in the NLCS, I think they might, you know, I, I, I think uh, Lancelin would definitely be the fourth starter in the NLCS and possibly the guy who they think about skipping uh, if if situation warrants it, um, if they're playing the Braves. But yeah, I, I think Bobby Miller has, and the way they're lining them up right now, I think, uh, Dave Roberts said the other day that that they're kind of looking at Bobby Miller the first game of the postseason and then Clayton Kershaw after that. And uh, I think that's how it should be. The, based on how they've pitched, how they're pitching right now, what gives us the best chance to win, I think that makes sense. Yeah, and I think, you know, obviously the first starter of the series is, you know, a big deal and, you know, giving that to Bobby Miller. But I think it also benefits them if the series did happen to go to five, at least in the NLDS, you know, Bobby Miller's stuff is going to play on the road. You know, Kershaw is good on the road and has been on the road, but, you know, he could benefit from a little home cooking. If he pitches game two, he can be ready for game five. You know, Bobby could be one and four. And, you know, his velocity is going to play on the road and, and at home. It's just a matter of how he harnesses it. So I think that would make sense. Again, you know, Pepio, Lynn, there's still a few more starts here before the end of the season to kind of determine what else is going to happen. You know, there's might be some piggyback opportunities. There might be, you know, different ways of doing it. We've talked about it a lot, how whoever starts the game, you know, even Miller and Kershaw, it might not even factor into how the game ends up being determined because, you know, with, with Kershaw, we really don't know what we're going to get right now. We might get, you know, he might be able to go five innings or he might be, you know, tired out after three. Like we, we don't know with, with Miller, it's a rookie. You don't never know. Pepio, same thing. And then Lance Lynn. You know, you know he's gonna be able to throw you 100, 115 pitches. It's just a matter of do you want him to throw you 100, 115 pitches, depending. So, there's a lot of question marks there. But yeah, I think you know Miller, Kershaw, Pepio, Lynn would be the order if they're gonna go for it right now. And they'll have some combination of Emmett Sheehan and Michael Grove and Ryan Yarbrough and you know possibly Gavin Stone, possibly Kyle Hurt. Those guys, multi-inning relievers slash piggyback slash uh, starting the second half of the game whatever you want to call them, uh, those guys available. I think that's more than the the rotation. I think that's going to be the fascinating part is just how the overall pitching staff is built, which you know we've talked about quite a bit in the last couple of weeks. 
Yeah, and it, it still remains to be seen. You know, Joe Kelly came in the other day, struggled a little bit. You know, he's his, his arm is essentially similar to Kershaw, where it's not going to get better, but he's going to be able to tolerate it. But if he's not effective, you know, we might see Kyle Herr back up. If Yancy Almonte said that, you know, at this point, he's shooting to just be ready at any point in October, not necessarily the start of October. So that pushes one down. You know, do the Dodgers trust Vassier? Do they trust Ferguson? You know, do they trust these guys? Who knows? Or do they want to go with the young guys who have a little bit more, you know, the stuff is there. It's just a matter of can they, you know, put it together when the lights are brightest. And, you know, I feel at this point, you know, we talked about it last week. I'm kind of fine with giving it over to the young guys, you know, not every inning, but as much as they can and, and see what happens. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, there's more questions. The next set of questions will be a little bit about Shohei Otani. There's been a couple rumors here and there that the Dodgers are still interested and, in, you know, what they go after him. So we're going to talk about that. So that's what's on tap. So make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. If you've ever been in an emergency or, you know, we haven't had a true emergency, at least in California in a while, but we almost did, you know, there was a hurricane the other day. And what if the hurricane had actually been a, hur a real hurricane? Would you have been ready? You know, food and water wise, you may have. I know a lot of people were, were out there scrambling for that just in case. But would you be ready in terms of, you know, medications, in terms of antibiotics? Well, that's what Jace Medical is here to help you out with because modern medical care and treatment are important but the global supply chains are fragile. So Jace Medical is your solution. All you gotta do is go online to fill out their form and they'll get you a board certified physician to review it and determine whether medications are safe and appropriate. Once they determine that, they'll send the prescriptions to one of their partner pharmacies where your order will be filled and mailed directly to your home. And at any time, you can also send your physician a message for answers to treatment related questions at any time. Jeff is responsible and he's a dad and he already got his Jace case. He put it in, got it after a couple of days. So it does work. It, it's out there. Uh, I'm not as as uh, on it as Jeff. So I got to get on mine, get my Jace case just in case. But everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using our code locked on at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day. Make sure to check us out wherever you get podcasting on YouTube. Make sure to become an everydayer by listening every day. You can also listen to the home broadcast for any Dodger game with SiriusXM or the SXM app. All you got to do is search Dodgers. If you can't watch, you can always listen with SiriusXM for the SXM app. All right, Jeff, uh, I'll just keep it going with the questions here. We got a few Otani-related questions, so I'll read them through, and then we can just talk about Otani in general uh, for this segment. So one we got from at B. Robles, Lalador, he says, could the Dodgers go after both Otani and Yamamoto? He mentioned that pitching going to be a big need, as we've seen this year. We got one from NXS Kick. If Dodgers sign Otani next year, Seems better to have a veteran starting pitcher who wants a year or maybe a one in one contract who could be a good fit for the Dodgers. And then Corey at the Grizzly Bears Zero says, do you think we'll still go after Otani or pass since he won't be able to pitch and get us and be able to get us some other players that this free agent pool seems to be a good one after the season is over? 
Yeah, there's a lot of stuff there. Uh, I guess first, the first question you read was about uh, could they go after both Shohei Otani and Yoshinobu Yamamoto? And uh, the answer is, yeah, the Dodgers can go after whoever they want. They have the money. Um, they, they'll they have some money coming off the books. They also have have shown willingness to go over the, the luxury tax repeatedly. Um, obviously, they'd like to get under it at some point. It, it's hard to say. I, I'm actually scrolling right now to see if we've seen any sort of projections on what sort of contract Yamamoto is expected to get. He's been awesome this year in Japan. Um, basically he is pitching wise, uh, pitching quality wise. He's, uh, probably similar to Shohei Otani as far as pitching seal goes. Um, obviously he'll be a better pitcher than Otani next year since Otani won't be pitching next year. Um, the, for me, the, the real interesting part when it comes to Yamamoto, in addition to Otani is, the Dodgers do have all these young pitchers and, you know, is Clayton Kershaw going to be back? Are they going to exercise Lance Lynn's option? If so, that if both of those guys are back, that's two spots. And then they've got three or maybe four rotation spots left for Bobby Miller and Emmett Sheehan and Kyle Hurt and Ryan Pepio and Landon Neck and Michael Grove and Gavin Stone. You know, uh, they have a lot of pitching, but, I don't think they want to go into the season saying, okay, we're just going with all rookies in our rotation. Bobby Miller is the veteran of the staff. Now Um, it's, you know, they're going to want some sort of uh, more sure things and you know, partly even just to to limit innings so that they can, okay, you're going to take a couple weeks off right now. Just, we don't want all these young guys throwing 200 innings next year. Um, So Yamamoto could be a good fit for the Dodgers uh, I, I don't know. I go back and forth, Vince, on whether they might go after both Otani and Yamamoto. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it seems, I don't know, unlikely for the, I don't know why. It just seems unlikely that they would go after both. The only really money I've seen attached to Yamamoto is a report for like the Yankees who said maybe they'd be willing to go to like 150 mil or something like that. So, you know, 150 mil realistically is not that much for the Dodgers, depending on how many years it is. So if they and you kind of saw like the Dodgers weren't even really linked to Kodai Senga at all. And he actually turned out to be, you know, pretty solid for the Mets. So, you know, maybe that you know, if they were weary at all about, you know, talent coming over from Japan or at least recent talent, you know, maybe that kind of qualms that there's another pitcher. I forget his name. He pitched in the World Baseball Classic. He started the final game against USA. He's also supposed to come over. So if they want somebody lower tier, you know, maybe more innings wise, that could be somebody, you know, talking about the the one. He wouldn't be a one in one deal or a one year deal, but, you know, probably cheaper than Yamamoto. And then, you know, some of these other players that might be available free agent wise in terms of starting pitchers, there's not a lot that would be like, looking for a one-year deal, I don't think. You know, you got Marcus Stroman, who has a player option, so he's probably going to stay in Chicago. You know, Ryu is going to be a free agent. Uh, Martin Perez, Lance Lynn, you know, not guys that necessarily would be looking for maybe one-year deals or even two-year deals. Uh, you And then you start getting down into, you know, guys like if Ross Stripling opts out or Andrew Heaney opts out or, you know, guys like that. So, or you take a chance on like you look at Giolito and see what he's going for, or you know Jack Flaherty, 
or whoever else. So there, there's a lot of different ways the dogs can go about it. But I think for them, it makes the most sense to go get get a one or two at the very least and then kind of fill in from there. Yeah, I'm mute. Sorry. Shota Imanaga was the, the pitcher, <laughs> left-handed pitcher from Japan. So, uh, yeah, that, that'll be really fascinating. As for Otani, you know, going back to the question about w will the Dodgers be turned off at all by his injury, I think the answer is no. Um, I do think that his overall contract will be less um, because I, I think if, if Otani was fully healthy, teams could have talked themselves into uh, spending what uh, the Phillies owner would call stupid money uh, on a guy like Shohei Otani. Like you could delude yourself into thinking, yeah, we're going to sign him for 10 years and he's going to hit and pitch for all 10 of those years. I think it's harder to trick yourself into that knowing for sure he's not going to pitch the first year. And when he does pitch, he will be coming off two Tommy Johns in the last five years. Uh, you know, it will be... I think it's going to be hard for any team to picture him pitching for more than four or five years more. And so that will affect overall his contract. Um, he, he's still going to be an elite hitter most likely. Uh, but uh, I mean, if he is truly just a DH, uh, a designated hitter who hits really, really well, it is super valuable, but not, uh, I mean, w when they were talking about Juan Soto getting a huge contract, that was as an outfielder. Um and outfielders have more value than DHs. Now, Juan Soto probably ought to be a DH too uh, instead of hurting his team with his outfield defense, but that's probably a different story. Um, it's, I think Otani is going to get somewhere between three and $400 million, which is a lot of money. Um, and I think that slots him in pretty nicely for, for the Dodgers. But like we said before, I was actually said this on the radio uh, talking with a Fresno radio station yesterday. Um, they were talking about MLB insiders saying that the Dodgers have the inside track to, to Otani. I said, well, you got to use air quotes when you talk about insiders, when you're referring to Otani, because I don't think there are any insiders when it comes to Shohei Otani. I don't think anybody who's talking really has any idea what Shohei Otani is going to be looking for in terms of dollars and in terms of personal comfort and where he wants to be. And I think that's going to be something that we can all guess and hope and speculate and pray. But at the end of the day, Otani is going to sign wherever he wants. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I, and I've said that before, like, I don't think anyone has insight. He doesn't even talk to media really. And other than winning, which I would imagine is the one thing he does want. I don't think anything else can really be taken with more than a grain of salt. You know, maybe some of the West coast stuff does make sense because of, you know, the time and people in Japan and, being able to watch a little bit more easily, but even then, you never know uh, what, what what can happen. But I think if well, the other part too is if Otani ends up they say he's not going to pitch, he can play outfield. He's played outfield. I would imagine he'd be you know halfway decent outfielder. He's very athletic, but probably not next year. Oh yeah, not oh, yeah. I'm, I'm saying down the line. Like yeah, if you sign him and he doesn't pitch after like year two, it's not like he's just a DH. He he's still be young enough to be an outfielder, but which it does add some benefit, obviously. So, yeah, I don't think, you know, the five, six hundred mil, I never thought that was as realistic as a lot of people were making it seem like, oh, this is guaranteed to happen. Because, yeah, all it takes is one team to do that. But also, like, 
as an owner, if you're, you know, owners are always trying to save money and whatever the case is, you know, you would say like, well, if no one else is going to pay him 500 mil, why am I going to pay him 500 mil? Like, why won't we just, you know, collude and keep salaries down? Like, that's possible. So we'll see what happens. But I don't think the Dodgers are, are if there's any team that can sign Otani to big money and not be affected by him not being pitcher next year, it's the Dodgers because they would still be able to make do with what they have or what they, else they could add. Yeah, and I've seen some grumpy Dodger fans uh, upset about how this season has gone because, you know, uh, some people always just want to be upset about something and, you know, complaining that the Dodgers punted this season just to save money for Otani and what if they don't even sign him? Then it's just a a waste of a season. And first of all, the Dodgers are going to win 90-something, close to 100 games. And second of all, I promise you, Andrew Friedman knows – that he doesn't know what Shohei Otani wants. And so the Dodgers have not put all their eggs in the Otani basket. The Dodgers will be heavily in on Otani, but they aren't they aren't planning their entire strategy over the for the next 6 years on getting Shohei Otani. They have plans, they have backup plans and they have plenty of things in the works. Uh, so yeah, they're going to go after Otani, but uh I don't think that it's nearly as much a singular focus as a lot of fans seem to think it is. Yeah. The Dodgers are basically an 85-win team every year. It's just a matter of how much they go above that. So, all right. Uh, we're going to talk about 2024 in general. What else is on the lookout for the Dodgers or what could the rotation look like? That's on tap. So keep it locked on, Dodgers. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. So now's the best time to join FanDuel. The app's easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen. Remind you to become an everydayer by listening every day. You can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube. Remember, SiriusXM or the SXM app, you can listen to the home broadcast for any game. All you got to do is search Dodgers on SiriusXM or the SXM app, and you can listen to the home broadcast. All right, Jeff, let's finish up with these last batch of questions. Um, Well, these are a little bit different, so we'll go one by one. We have one from our friend Yoli at SoCal underscore librarian. She says, I realize it's still a while away, but looking ahead to 2024, who do you see as the strongest competitor to the Dodgers in the NL West? For me, I feel like the answer has to be the D-backs at this point. Um, The D-backs have young talent uh, that is up and coming. and, And, you know, it's not like they have, they're not losing anybody major in free agency you know, and they have more young talent. They just called up Jordan Lawler, who's a supposed to be a stud shortstop prospect. They have done a very good job rebuilding their team, and so they've built that team to be good for a while. Uh, you know, as far as keeping these guys under contract when they hit free agency, we'll see if they can do that when that time comes. Uh, but right now, I'd say the 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 D backs are most well situated to compete with the Dodgers next year. Obviously, the Padres are going to try to. They have a lot of good players under contract next year. Um, 
but they also have a lot of good players on a contract this year, and that didn't work out so well. All those players will be a year older. Blake Snell will be gone. Uh, you know, some of those key players will be gone. And, you know, there's questions about their ability to keep spending to replace guys because they are spending so much on the guys they currently have. So uh, they, they, they have some decent prospects, but uh, overall, you know, I don't expect the Padres to be bad next year. I expect them to be better than they were this year um, because I think they're a better team than they've shown this year, even this year. Uh, and then the Giants, you never know. Um, they, nothing about them screams. They're going to be good next year. But uh, they were good in 2021. They're reasonably good this year, so they'll be somewhere. And then the Rockies will probably still uh, have a team next year. Yeah. Yeah, the Giants are interesting. Like, they will have, like, Logan Webb and the young guy, Kyle Harrison. Like, that's a solid one-two punch. They'll, you know, probably find a few random guys that end up having good seasons. They hope that some of their other guys have seasons. But, like you said, you never know. The Padres, there was a – someone from Reddit put out, like, the reverse standings. If you reverse all the one-run score games, uh, the Dodgers would have the exact same record. They're 14-14 and in one-run games. But the Padres will be right behind them in the thick of it for the NL West. So, you know, that obviously it's partly, you know, they don't they don't have a bullpen maybe and and their team doesn't have I don't think they're like one of the worst teams from come from behind wins. But you know, that could change next year. But yeah, I think the D backs, I could see him going after Blake Snow or one of the other starters, you know, adding them next to, to Zach Gallen, letting all the young talent flourish. And I, I think that'd be the team I'd be worried about because they probably weren't or they started off a little better than they were supposed to be. Uh, and then they just kind of, they lost it. Then they came back to it. So we'll see if they end up making the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, another question from John Chang at JHN Chang 17. He said, how much interest will the Dodgers have in Cody Bellinger this offseason, given the current outfield depth and the possibility of needing a first baseman in a few years when Freddie's contract is done? I don't want to say none, but I think, I don't think there's a lot there uh, just for the simple fact of he's going to have a lot of people after him. Now the Dodgers aren't going to get into a bidding war for him. And it might just be a matter of, you know, that we think that ship sailed and, you know, we wish him well the rest of his career. Yeah. that, that That's where I'm at too. I, I love Cody. And if he had had a solid season, but not remarkable this year, I think the chances actually would have been better for the Dodgers to bring him back. Um, but he has had, I mean, he's going to get MVP votes this year and, and he's probably going to finish what top six, seven in the MVP voting. And so uh, I think that probably uh, he is going to get a big contract and it will be a contract that uh, he's still going to be Cody Bellinger. There's going to be ups and downs with Cody Bellinger. And uh, I, I, I don't think the Dodgers are interested in getting on that train at that price. Yeah. This one we kind of talked about. Uh, we can just give real quick thoughts. What will the rotation look like in 2024 from Mr. J. Will 79? I think it's a combination of some of these young guys. One free agent that's at the top of the order, at the top of the rotation with Walker Bueller, and then one other veteran that they kind of fill in maybe as a six-starter swingman type. Yeah, and yeah, there's going to be a lot of youth. Um, I, I expect them to use... 10 or 11 starters next year by design. And that's even if, if guys are, you know, nobody, they're not going to have totally healthy pitching staff, but if guys are as healthy as you hope they are, expect them to be, they're still going to use 10 or 11 pitchers to start because they're going to have so many guys. And so uh, 
it'll be fun to watch because they are kind of laying the foundation for the future of the team. And, you know, it's not hard to, to picture, you know, uh, Miller and Pepio and stone being, I, I wouldn't put quite hall of fame expectations by comparing them to Maddox, Glavin and Smoltz, but, uh, that sort of backbone of a pitching staff. Uh, Take the the A step down, Mulder, Hudson, Zito. Mulder, Hudson, and Zito. Yeah, that that's a good one. You know, three guys who were Hall of Fame talents at certain points in the career never quite made it there overall. But yeah, that that sort of pitching staff. Uh, and then you've got guys who aren't in those three who also could be really really good because you know Kyle Hurt didn't get mentioned there, Emmett Sheehan didn't get mentioned there, Landon Act didn't get mentioned, uh, N- Nick, uh, what's Frosted. his name? Nick Frosso. He's a name we haven't even said today. Like that guy River is Ryan. River Ryan. So yeah, I mean, there's a ton of potential for this Dodgers pitching staff going forward. And I think next year uh, to the chagrin of a lot of fans, I think there are going to be a lot of young guys getting starts and there will be some growing pains. There will be some bumpy starts as we've seen this year, uh, but I think they've done a good job of kind of easing some of them in so that Bobby Miller has gotten a lot of those bumps out of the way. Ryan Pepio is getting those bumps out of the way. Gavin Stone has gotten some bumps out of the way and they will be, uh, so it won't be all of them taking their lumps at the same time next year. Yeah. All right. Last one real quick from Matthew. How far do you think Dodgers get in the playoffs? Um, for sure, NLCS. And then I think that's kind of the big question is what's going to happen in the NLCS. Yeah. And, and I am just uh, I, very practical speaking. There's no point in me thinking anything other than they're going to win the World Series because if they lose in October, I'll, I'll have time then to be sad about it. Uh, until then. I'm just going to assume they're going to win the World Series, and I'm going to enjoy it when it happens. Yeah. All right. Thank you for all your questions. We appreciate them. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Make sure to find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked on Dodgers. The Dodgers are in Seattle this weekend playing against the Mariners, um, trying to, you know, if they lose, they help. They can hurt the Astros. So, you know, if the, you know we can, we'll see what happens. But, uh Reminder, SiriusXM, SXM app. If you can't watch the games this weekend but want to listen, they got you. All you got to do is search Dodgers, SiriusXM, or the SXM app. You can find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I locked on Dodgers. Jeff's on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vincent's91. You can DM either one of us if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. You can also send us an email, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail or send us a text at 3863-LOCK. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car, if you're at home, tell your smart device play podcast, Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you on Monday.